Let me read you a poem. Because I need to be really sensitive to the fact that so often when a client makes contact with me, they're seeing a stranger. And yet, they're about to do some work with a stranger talking about the very intimate, personal of information. And so often they're not even doing it face to face, they're doing it by video, webcam. That's really hard to do. I commend you. I commend you for taking that first step. It's a poem, it's called A Poem for Every Person by John T. Wood. How do you feel? I will present you parts of myself slowly. If you are patient and tender, I will open drawers that mostly stay closed and bring out places and people and things, sounds and smells, loves, frustrations, hopes and sadnesses, bits and pieces of three decades of life that have been grabbed off in chunks and found lying in my hands. They have eaten their way into my memory, carved their way into my heart. Altogether, you or I will never see them. They are me. If you regard them lightly, deny they are important, or worse, judge them, then I will quietly, slowly begin to wrap them up in small pieces of velvet, like worn silver and gold jewellery, and tuck them away in a small wooden chest of drawers and clothes. What that poem says to me is, I am in a very privileged position as a therapist, as a sex addiction specialist, to come alongside you and work with your most intimate and personal of information. And I give you my assurance that I will never breach your confidentiality, that I will always look after your information sensitively, wisely, and carefully. And that's really important that you have that assurance. And over time, I hope you will learn to put down those layers of protection, at least in this place of therapy with me, because this is a safe place. This will be a safe place where we can journey together. And I'll be your greatest cheerleader. I often see myself in, in America, you know the cheerleaders and their pom-poms and their um, sort of grass skirts. Um, that's not a great sight to see me in one of those, but I just want you to understand I'm the first and best cheerleader for you and every small achievement, I'm going to want to big you up. Rewards and treats are built into this program. It sounds odd sometimes when I speak to a client and say, how did you reward yourself? Well, I only achieved X days of sobriety, what do you mean? Yeah, but you were triggered, you overcame. You see, in this world, not many people applaud us. When we were young, children, we did something really good in school and the teacher gave us a star. Do you remember that? We went home to tell our parents, really proud of what we had achieved. Do you remember what you wanted to do the very next day? Do it again, get another star 
guess what? When we became adults, we never lost the need for people to give us a star. But in the adult world, people stop giving us stars. You need to learn to give yourself a star at given points. Consider this. When you mess up, you chastise yourself, you metaphorically kick yourself, you say words over yourself, criticism. Yet when we do good, so often we just move on. It's important that you mark the good achievements to balance that out against the negative and the way that you are self-condemning when you do bad things. There's a strange thing that I do with my clients right at the beginning. I call it brain surgery. Really strange. But what I say is, look, your brain is not your best friend as you approach this recovery. It does not want you to achieve this outcome. Well, that's not quite accurate. It's not going to join you to help you. You see, your brain gave you some coping strategies and forgot to tell you they stopped working a long, long ago. It gave you coping strategies to deal with life stuff back there. But the stuff that you're experiencing now in adulthood are not the same things. But this one trick, one horse pony is still giving you the same old, same old way of dealing with it. Escape, self-soothing, porn, sex, love addiction. It doesn't work. It's a five minute wonder and then you've got the way longer negative impact of regret, shame, guilt. It stopped working a long time ago, but you got onto the hamster wheel. Whenever I do my hands like this, it's just representative of the hamster wheel. Same old, same old. So that brain surgery that I do, I talk about cutting the top of your skull off, lifting your brain out, putting it on the chair next to you. Because there are times when I'm having a conversation with my client and I will hear some interesting things that are being said and I will speak to you, the client, and say, oh, that's interesting. And then I'll turn to your brain on the, on the, on the other chair. Because so often your brain is saying something which is to sabotage. And I need to spot those sabotage, those things that it is saying. And often actually it isn't entirely you. That sounds really strange. Come on the journey with me and you'll see what I'm talking about. And a part of that journey is me watching the back door to see what your brain's going to offer you as another alternative way of self-soothing if you're determined to give up this thing called sex, porn, love addiction. Let's watch for the other co-addiction, the other compulsive pattern of behaviour which is going to try and come through the back door.